Brothers and sisters, friends in Christ, fellow people of resurrection, have you been outside? Because it's really hot. It's like on the equator kind of hot outside. And it's going to be hot, my understanding, all this coming week. Also this coming week is the 4th of July. So if there was any doubt, let's get rid of that right now. Summer is officially here. And I'm on board. I'm a huge fan of summer. If I had my way, every season would be the summer season. I love the warm weather, and I can live with the hot weather. Because you can outsmart the hot weather. Go out early, go out late, stay inside in the middle, mix in some Italian ice, maybe a cocktail. Everybody wins. Nothing to shovel out there today. Nothing to slip on out there today. One in three of you doesn't have the flu right now. Summer. I'm a summer guy and I have a summer family. We love the summer. We love being outside all the time. We love walking into town and hanging out in the town of Garden City. We love sitting at the French bakery. If you haven't been there, that place is awesome. I think I put two French kids through college already. All the pastry I bought. We love playing ball. We love the fact that there's no school. I got two kids in school. I'm married to a teacher. And no school is pretty awesome. Right? Right, wife? She's here. Yeah, she's not. In the summer, there's a new person I get to have in my life. She's called Summer Wife. And it, it, it's, it's so wonderful, you know, I'm, I'm at work, I'm doing my work thing, and she'll just bring lunch over, or she'll pop by for a few minutes, because life is good in the summer. The sun comes up early, the sun goes down late. But most of all, summer just feels right. Summer is a time of rest, of relaxation. And more than anything else, maybe, I like rest. And I like relaxation. And we always look forward to the summer. The routine starts every single year, a week or two after Easter or so, depending on when Easter is. And we start asking each other, what do you want to do this summer? And we all start throwing out ideas. Oh, let's go to the zoo this summer. Oh, let's take a drive out east this summer. Oh, let's go to a ball game. Let's try the Ducks this year. Anybody know a Ducks game? I hear that's real, like three people. That's good. I I hear it's a lot of fun. We're going to try that. We have a church. It's it's nice. It's nice. We're going to do a church event this this coming summer as well, so we're looking forward to that. Let's go see our families. Let's go see your parents. Let's go see my parents. Let's go see granddad and grandma. Let's go see them all. And because the great thing about that, my, my, our parents, they live close, but not too close, if you know what I mean. So let's do all these things, and let's take a vacation. Let's go into the city. We haven't done that for a while. Let's try that. And so my wife is really good at calendaring at putting things on the calendar. So inevitably, eventually, we take out the calendar and we start 
putting things on the calendar. It's amazing how fast the calendar fills up. And it's amazing how fast the calendar becomes full of squiggles and cross-outs and arrows and highlights and lowlights, and I think you get the idea. And then you see the calendar, and the calendar looks pretty full, but then you realize there's all these other things we have forgotten. We've forgotten we signed up for swimming lessons. We've forgotten we signed up for a soccer clinic. Kids are busy, by the way. You know this? Kids got a lot going on. They're four and they're six. They got a lot going on. Oh, we forgot there's a church meeting that Wednesday. Oh, we forgot there's a graduation party that day. Oh, we forgot there's a wedding rehearsal party that day. Oh, we forgot there's a wedding that day, a reception that night. Oh, I have an enrichment program at my school that I have to attend. Oh. Oh, I schedule a car appointment because I remember there's not much happening in the summer. The summer looked wide open, so I scheduled this. We're supposed to take the dog to the vet. We have a doctor's appointment. And my head is spinning. And a couple of years ago, I came to realize something. Summer isn't restful and relaxing. Summer is stressful. Summer is hectic. Summer is just like every other season. Yeah, it's warm. Yeah, the sun comes up earlier, it goes down later, but it's the same. It is go, 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 go. And when does it stop? Do you know, is it life like this for you? What is the slow time? What is the downtime? I don't know either. But something has to change. It can't go on like this. I can't go on like this. I need rest. I need relaxation. We all do, don't we? Does this sound familiar at all to you? Is life like this for you too? What are we going to do? Simplify? How does that sound? Simplify. Reprioritize. How does that word strike you? When we drop these words, when we say things like simplify and reprioritize, that's kind of a process, right? And the process, I think, should begin with defining and identifying what is most important. So let's do that. Let's look at our life. Let's look at all that we have going on, all the things we have to do, all the things we want to do, all the things we think we need to do. What's most important? You tell me. Go ahead, tell me. The NHL trade deadline, right? <laughs> Put your phone away. All right? No, no, no. I'm kidding. Okay, I'm kidding. Okay, okay. that's, that's, that's terrible. That's false. You, <laughs> thank you. She says, Jesus, can I get an amen? amen? Amen. Of course, we know the answer. We're in church for crying out loud. It's the guy on the cross. It's the one in the front. It's the centerpiece. It's the focal point. It's Jesus. He is the rock. He is the foundation. He is the cornerstone. He is the everything. Jesus. Let me ask you something. You have a calendar? Where is Jesus on that calendar? Where is Jesus on your list of things you need to do, you want to do? And a lot of you, maybe you're thinking right now, here we go. Pastor Browning is playing the broken record again. He's telling us we need more Jesus in our lives. 
He's telling us there's not enough. Well, I can speak for myself. All of my plans, all of the things I think I want to do, all of the things I think I need to do, Jesus isn't high enough up on that list. And it's not right. And it has to change. Because that's not who I want to be. That's not who I'm called to be. That's not who we're called to be. People of God, family of Jesus Christ, where is Jesus in your life? I want to change. I want more Jesus. I need more Jesus. I want faith to be foundational. I want faith to be the most important part of my life. I want faith to be the most important part of my kid's life. Maybe you do too. Or your grandkid's life. How does that happen? What do we do to make that wish a reality? Well, let's try some analogies. Let's try some examples, okay? Let's see how we do. Let's say, for example, you want to lose weight. How do you lose weight? Seriously, let me know. Well, I I know how you don't lose weight. You don't lose it simply by wishing it, by wanting it. You don't lose weight simply by good intentions, by dreaming and hoping. You lose weight through effort and sacrifice. Not to oversimplify, you have to move more and eat less. Or eat better, I guess. And it's easy to say, but it's hard to do because you have to do it day after day after day after day. And there's a lot of dessert out there. There's a lot of French bakeries out there. I want to learn a foreign language. I want to learn Latin. I want to learn conversational French. Well, how do you do that? Well, I, 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 I wish it. I want it. I don't know how to do it necessarily. I, I, I know you don't do it on Christmas and Easter. Or as your schedule permits. It's a grind every day. Again and again, repetition, immersion. My wife is a foreign language teacher. These are key words, repetition and immersion. That's how you learn a foreign language. How do you get faith? How does your faith grow? Not by being busy. Not by having the fullest schedule. Not by having your calendar lined up with all these epic experiences, all these amazing photo ops. Not by going and doing and not by good intentions. Faith, as we hear in our Bible reading for today, the second reading for today, faith comes through hearing. Faith comes through hearing. Faith grows through hearing. Faith lives through hearing. And not hearing just anything. Hearing the Word of God. Because the Word of God is living and active. The Word of God is so very necessary. The Word of God is indispensable. And we don't have enough.
We can never have enough of the Word of God. So brothers and sisters, friends in Christ, listen. Hear. Because the Word of God comes to us again today to increase our faith, to give us faith, to ensure that our faith lives. And the Word of God is simply Jesus. Jesus. You know Him. You've heard about Him. We talk about Him all the time. He is the cornerstone. He is the focal point. He is the everything. What more can we say about Jesus? This week on the phone, Friday afternoon, I talked to a former vicar of this church who is now a pastor of the church. Very exciting, right? And he was telling me one of the great challenges of being a new pastor in the church is the fact that you become a pastor of the church and immediately they expect you to talk about Jesus every single Sunday. And how do you present Jesus so Jesus is new and fresh and relevant? How do you present Jesus in a way that no one has heard yet? And the answer is you don't. And you don't have to. Because Jesus is the one who makes all things new. And these words that we've heard a thousand times, a hundred times, however many times, these words renew our lives. They renew our souls. They heal us. Jesus Christ, God's one and only Son, came to this world because He loved you. He loved you more than anything. He loved you more than He loved His own life. And because of that, He was willing to die for you. He laid down His life. He sacrificed Himself on a cross to take your sin away. And He rose again to conquer death forever and to give that conquest, to give that victory to you so that you and I and all people would live. He wanted us to be healed. Hey, friends, we believe in healing. Don't we? The vicar preached last night. He talked about this in his sermon, Vicar Barry. He said, the people of God believe God has the power to do miraculous healings, and we sure do believe that. That's what the gospel lesson is about for this morning. Jesus doing these miraculous healings. And Jesus still today, we believe, we know, we've seen, we've experienced, does miraculous healings. He works through amazing means. He works through doctors and technologies and these machines that just blow my mind. And people who seem sick, people who seem beyond repair, beyond hope, they are healed, they are made better. God heals through these means, but God also heals through your means. He heals through your prayers. He answers your prayers. That's why we pray for the sick every single weekend in this church. Because we believe our God has the power to heal. We've seen it. We've read about it. We've heard about it. We've experienced it in our own lives. But all these healings, that's just foreshadowing. That's just a foretaste of something that's far greater. We will be healed forever. We will die. And we will rise again. No more pain. No more suffering. No more death. Perfect life with God. That is your future. That is your destiny. Healing. And man, we need to be healed. We need this healing because we're sick. I'm sick. My spirit is sick. My soul is sick. 
because myself and so many people I know were looking for meaning and purpose and value in being busy, in scheduling things, in a sense of self-importance, in activities and programs. We're looking for meaning and purpose in being on the go all the time. We're looking for meaning and purpose and value in being overscheduled. And we wear our busyness. We wear all that we're doing like a badge of honor. Look how busy I am. Look at all that I'm doing. There's so much more. There's so much more to your life. There's so much more to your existence. All that stuff. What does it mean? Well, one thing is most needful. Heaven and earth will pass away, but the word of the Lord will never pass away. Faith comes through hearing that word. One more time, hear that word. Jesus says, come to me, all who are weary, all who are burdened, and I will give you rest. Who's heard that before? It's a great verse, right? That is one of the great Jesus statements that there is. Come to me, all who are weary and all who are burdened, and I will give you rest. And it's one of those kind of statements that hits you a lot of different ways depending on the day. Some days you hear that, oh, Jesus, come to me. I hear you, Jesus. I know, I know. I need to get there. One more thing to do. I got so much going on. Yes. But other days you hear that. And you hear Jesus acknowledging the truth. We can't go on like this forever. We can't go, 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 go all the time. We can't live like that and on top of that live with all the stress, all the disappointment, all the fear, all the grief that inevitably we experience in this life. We need rest. And Jesus invites us to come and receive that rest with open arms. Come to me, Jesus says. I'll prop you up. I'll be with you. Come to me, Jesus says. I will forgive you. I will love you. I will remind you that you are eternal once again. Come to me, Jesus says. Eat this meal. Eat this bread. Drink this wine. My true body, my true blood. And know that the things I promised you are so very real, you can taste them. Life with God is life forever. Healing with God is eternal. We give thanks for those wonderful gifts today. In Jesus' name, for Jesus' sake. Amen.